This morning, Adonai, thank you for your presence here today, God. I thank you that you uh, are awesome in this place, God, that you uh, pour out your presence and your love upon us, and, and that as we come together, Lord, that we can meet you and, in a special way. And God, I thank you that you have a word for us. I pray that you give us ears to hear what your spirit would say today. In Yeshua's name, amen. My message is entitled, A Year of Favor, 5776, A Year of Jubilee. And this week we're going to be celebrating Yom Kippur, as we just shared. And this Yom Kippur is different from the past uh, 49 years, and that it will mark the beginning of a Yovel, a year of Jubilee. Uh, there's much debate in the Jewish community as to as if the Yovel year should be observed, and in fact, it really isn't for the most part. And one tradition says the reason why is because the Yovel year can only be observed when all 12 tribes are back in the land. But we do know, and I'm going to tell you how in a few minutes, that 5776 is indeed a Yovel year. So what does that mean for Israel and the Jewish people? And what do these principles mean for us as followers of the God of Israel and those who have embraced Yeshua as our Messiah? So the first thing I want to do is read about the Yovel year uh, from Vayikra 25. So I've, the whole chapter, most of the chapter deals with it, but I pulled out several uh, paragraphs to look at. So uh, beginning with verse 8, you are to count seven Shabbats of years, seven times seven years, that is 49 years, the Shemitah, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Then on the 10th day of the seventh month on Yom Kippur, you are to sound a blast on the shofar. You are to sound the shofar all through your land. And you are to consecrate the 50th year, proclaiming freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It will be a yovel for you. You will return everyone to the land he owns, and everyone is to return to his family. The 50th year will be a yovel for you, and that year you are not to sow, harvest what grows by itself, or gather the grapes of untended vines. Because it is a yovel, it will be holy for you. Whatever the field produces will be food for all of you. In this year of yovel, every one of you is to return to the land he owns. And then going down to verse 23. The land is not to be sold in perpetually because the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and temporary residents with me. Just pause for a moment. You know, this is one of the reasons why we are, this, uh, God set this into place of returning the land to, uh, the owners because the land doesn't belong to any of us. Even though Chris recently had to go down to the town to, uh, take care of some issues with her house and the town officials said to her, you know, you don't own your land. We own it. Right? Of course, they don't. And really, who owns the land of all the earth is God. And that's why this Yovel year and the uh, seven years uh, of Shemitah were, were given to return the land to the rightful owners. So think about if this was actually practiced in our day and time, what would, what would happen? Therefore, when you sell your property, you must include the right of redemption. That is, if one of you becomes poor and sells some of his property, his next of kin can buy come and buy back what his relative sold. If the seller has no one to redeem it because, but becomes rich enough to redeem it itself, he will calculate the numbers of year the land was sold for, refund the excess to its buyer, and return it to his property. If he hasn't sufficient means to get it back himself, then what he sold will remain in the hands of the buyer until what? The year of Yovel. And in the Yovel year, the buyer will vacate it and the seller return to his property. And then skipping down to verse 38, 
I am Adonai your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt in order to give you the land of Kinnaan and be your God. If a member of your people has become poor among you and sells himself to you, do not make him do the work of a slave. Whether you are to treat him like an employer or a tenant, he will work for you until the year of Yovel. Then he will leave you, he and his children with him, and return to his own family and regain possession of his ancestral land. So one writer said that the year of Jubilee was marked by the fact that all the properties, and we can see this from the scriptures we just read, and possessions were given back to their original owners, uh, should they have lost them somehow in the last 49 years, and that slaves were to be set free. And in short, he said that this year of Yovel was a year uh, to proclaim freedom and liberty. Now, in the English, it's translated as Jubilee. That's not really what the Hebrew word Yovel means. Yovel means the sound of a shofar. And, uh, but, you know, from Latin to English, it got transliterated. So in English translation, it calls it the year of Jubilee. As I said, in the Jewish community hasn't technically observed Yovel. So how do we know that this year, 5776, is actually a Yovel year? Well, the reason we know this is because Shemitah has been observed for the last hundred, for hundreds and thousands of years, and this allows us to know when the Yovel year is. Now, a lot has been spoken and even written about the Shemitah in the, this past year or so, and Rackham by Michael and I have been discussing it this past week, and I don't want to spend a lot of time in this message about it, but I just want to clarify a few things about what Shemitah is and what it isn't. Simply put, Shemitah is the seventh year in which the land was to rest. So every seven years, you were supposed to have a Shemitah year, and the land would rest. Seven sevens gave 49, and then you have the Yobel, which is like a big Shemitah, when not only the land rests, but everything is restored back to the rightful owner, etc. In Hebrew, the word really means release. So it's a year to release things, right? To release the land so that it can, you know, restore itself and um, uh, because of not being cultivated and debts were released. It's also a year when we focus on Adonai because it involved trust and faith in him because you weren't going to be planting anything that year. So you needed to trust him not only for that, but for the next year. Uh, when you were planting. So it really was a time to refocus on Adonai and say, Adonai, I'm going to trust you to meet my needs, just like keeping Shabbat. You know, we don't work on the Sabbath because we're trusting God will bring in what we need. So in the Shemitah year, you trusted God for that year and in the two years ahead. After seven Shemitah came the Yovigil, like I said, and that's when all debts were, uh, were, not, uh, were canceled and lands returned, etc., so recently, though, the Shemitah has been uh, spoken about, indicating that it's a time of God's judgment. I just want to say that biblically, that's not what Shemitah is about. Again, Shemitah is about that seventh year to release and to restore things. And uh, my husband and I were talking about this judgment comes as a result of uh, our actions and our sins. And for Israel... It does say that because you didn't observe the Shemitah, you will go into captivity. So they ended up 70 years in captivity for their lack of observing Shemitah. So God did give judgment on them because they didn't observe the Shemitah. But Shemitah itself doesn't mean judgment. 
And it has been used in this day and age to say God is going to judge America and the world and uh, all these things are going to happen. The reality is, again, it's our actions and our sins that are going to bring God's judgment on us. There's the nations. God judges nations. We can read through all the prophets and how he calls the nations out one by one. So I have no problem thinking that God would judge our nation or any other nation for the wrong that we do and for turning our backs on him. But I don't see that as part of what Shemitah means. And the other thing that my husband and I have been talking about, and this is my last thing and I'll get to my message, is that even when the children of Israel were punished and were sent to exile for 70 years, what did the prophets say during that time? Return to God and that God has not forsaken you. See, in judgment, there is always a call to come back to God. And there is always a call on the part of the people who were serving God, like the prophets, and that remnant that was always there. There is always a call to the others around them to turn to God and to cry out for mercy from God in the midst of judgment. So where do we fit in all of this that's been going around and the things that are, are are being said about Shemitah and punishment on America and whether punishment does come, etc. Well, I think that we as children of God Most High and as followers of Yeshua the Messiah need to use this as an opportunity to call our family and our friends and our community and yes, even our nation back to serving God. That we need to call them back and to, to proclaim to them as the prophets did that when you Call on, and even in the, the Haftor today, return to me and I will heal you, God says. That was through the prophet Hosea. So for us as believers, we don't need to get freaked out like, oh, judgment's going to come and the whole world's going to end. No, because we are children of God most high. And we are covered by the blood, but we do have an obligation to declare to the people around us that times are serious. And you need to think about you know, your relationship with God and call them back to that. So I just wanted to share that because, again, it's been a lot. And then coming in and talking about the year of Jubilee, and I needed to explain to you how I knew it was the year of Jubilee. I had to talk about Shemitah. So just to give you a little better understanding of that, and again, our responsibility. God in judgment have mercy. For me, I believe the the best days are ahead for the kingdom of God. When darkness does abound, the grace of God abounds even more. And I want to be a light that shines so bright in the darkness. And I want this congregation to be a light that shines so great in the darkness. And I know that there is going to be an end time revival. And I know that Jewish people are going to be a key to it. And that's why I believe God has strategically placed us here in the metropolitan New York area. And so I believe we're going to see a great outpouring of his spirit. So yes, there may be darkness increasing, but the glory of God is going to be revealed in a greater measure to those who will respond and accept him. So that's, you know, our take on it. And I just encourage you to, to look to him, the redeemer and author of our faith, even as Abigail shared in her Devar Torah. We don't have to walk in fear because God's not leaving us. Okay, he's not. He's not leaving the redeemed. So we can have confidence. So, anyway, let's go back to to the message. So, 
I want to look at the Shemitahs that have been observed in the modern era and what it means to, to Israel as a nation and as a people. For most people, you only experience one Shemitah in your life. So for most of us, this will be the only, I mean the Yovel, thank you. This will be the only Yovel that we really experience. Uh, for those who are one year old, you know, or 10 or under, they might get a second Yovel in, right? Just saying. Anyway, again, we know the, the Yovel years because Shemitah has been observed thousands of years. So 1915 to 1916 was a Shemitah year. So what does that mean? September 1917 to September 1918 was a Yovel year. What happened during that year? That was during World War II, and on Hanukkah of that year, the British took over Jerusalem from Ottoman control. General Allenby walked into Jerusalem on Hanukkah without firing a shot. In 1917, and the Balfour Declaration was written, and this is what it declared. His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object, it being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. For the first time in thousands of years, there was a declaration to say, that the, the, the land will be returned to the Jewish people. That's what, that's what Yovel is about, right? Returning the land to its rightful owners. It didn't happen there, but at least the proclamation was made and provision began to be put in place for the Jewish people to come back and have their land given to them. Fifty years later, the next Shemitah, 1965 to 1966. So the Yovel year was September 1996, to September 1967. What was significant? That was the Six-Day War. And on June 1967, Jerusalem was reunited for the first time in thousands of years under Jewish control. IDF paratroopers advanced through the Old City towards the Temple Mount and the Western Wall. And these are, there were sound recordings of the commander uh, who was uh, leading the brigade. And this is what he said. We're sitting right now on the ridge, and we're seeing the old city. Shortly, we're going into the old city of Jerusalem that all generations have dreamed about. We will be the first to enter the old city. And shortly afterwards, he, he recorded, The Temple Mount is in our hands. I repeat, the Temple Mount is in our hands. And at that time, General Rabbi Shlomo Gorin, who was the chief chaplain of the IDF, sounded the shofar at the Western Wall to signify its liberation. For the first time in Yovel year, Jerusalem be returned to its rightful owners, the Jewish people. And an interesting little trivia fact, in case you're ever playing trivia and someone asks you this question, the rabbi who blew the shofar was born 50 years earlier in the other Yovel. So he was born in the first Yovel year, and he lived to the second Yovel year, and he was a rabbi who actually blew the shofar there over Jerusalem as it came back into Jewish hands. Pretty awesome, right? So many believe that Jubilee or Yovel year 5776, which is the year that we're entering into now, is important to God's calendar. And according to some scholars, it will be the 70th Yovel year that's been observed 
since Joshua went into the promised land, however they calculated it. So will something significant happen in this year for the land of Israel and the Jewish people? Perhaps. Um, and, but I'm not going to predict it. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting to look at the past and see what has happened. And as one rabbi said, there are patterns that we can perceive in the past with 2020 hindsight, but they never produce viable results when you're projecting them into the future. But it is a Yovel year. So you don't know what God might do in restoring back to the Jewish people something that rightfully belongs to him, as he did in the last two Yovel years. So what are the principles of Yovel that can apply to our lives spiritually today? So we understand and see a little bit of history here. What can we believe for Adonai in this coming year as we continue to walk in obedience to his words and his way? And I do want to stress this because it's not part of my main points. But obedience is a big key. When Israel failed to obey keeping the Shemitah, they did come under judgment. If we want to experience Yovel, Jubilee, we have to be those who walk in obedience to all the mitzvah, all the commandments that God has given to us in his word. Amen? And as we follow wholeheartedly in obedience to his mitzvah, the promise is that the Yovel will be a time where, for things to happen in our lives. And there's four things I want to talk about today. Favor, rest, release, and restoration. Now, of course, you could say, well, Rabbi Carol, isn't that part of my life as a follower of Messiah? Aren't these things part of our inheritance? And the answer is yes. But I believe, and we, we share this every Moed, every holiday, that the Moedim that God has given to us are special times of the year to focus on special things. So what do we focus on on Pesach? The theme. What's the theme that we celebrate? Freedom, right? Out of slavery. It wasn't a true question. I thought you said freedom. What about Shavuot? What do we celebrate on Shavuot? The Torah, the giving of the Torah, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean we don't walk in the Ruach and receive the Holy Spirit at any other time of the, the year? Does that mean that we don't walk after the Torah at any other time of the year? Of course not. But it means on that holiday, God is having us focus special attention on those themes. And he has given those to us. So every year there's a time where we focus in on freedom and the focus in on the outpouring of his Ruach and the giving of his Torah. And then at uh, Rosh Hashanah, you know, and, and Yom Kippur and these 10 days of awe that we're in, our time to, to reflect on repentance and, and atonement. Not that we don't repent any other time of the year. Goodness, if we only wait till Yom Kippur to repent, we are in trouble, right? Sukkot is the harvest Sukkot. And, 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 and so we celebrate that and the focus of that and and, and, and so I believe that this Yovel year is a year for us to focus and, and to expect in a greater measure than we have perhaps had in the last 49 years these things from God into our life. So let's look at these together. And I'm going to read from Yeshiyahu, Isaiah 61. And I know I shared this scripture in my message on the month of Elul. But this passage is connected to the Yovel year because it talks about the year of the favor, and many believe that that refers to the year of Jubilee. So I want to read just the first four verses, but the whole chapter is a good chapter to read if you want to later today and tomorrow as you're meditating on the word. The spirit of Adonai Elohim is upon me. 
because Adonai has anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to let out into light those bound in the dark, to proclaim the year of the favor of Adonai and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Yes, provide for those in Zion who mourn, giving them garlands instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a cloak of praise instead of a heavy spirit, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, planted by Adonai, in which he takes pride. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins, restore sites long destroyed. They will renew the ruined cities and destroyed, destroyed many generations ago. God wants us to experience his Yovel in this coming year. And what does this mean? The first thing it means is that it's a year of God's favor. Someone can say amen. I don't mind when man favors me, but I'd rather have God's favor. All right? And when we have favor from God, that means we will have favor with men as well. And the favor of God allows us to fulfill our destiny. And I believe, as I was preparing this message, I believe that some of us are going to, God is going to position more fully, let me see if I can say this, more fully in a place to walk into the destiny that he has for our life. Everyone has a destiny in God. You may not think about it much, but you have a destiny, okay? And that's not a, you know, like, oh, spooky, like, oh, what does that mean? You know, I mean, we, we've talked about that. Our number one mission is to be lights shining in darkness. How you fulfill that mission is your destiny. It may be to, to be a light shining, you know, at the hospital. That's fine, okay? Or as a school teacher or wherever God places you. But I believe God is going to be doing some repositioning in this year to help us to experience his favor more fully. 2 Corinthians 6.2, Rob Shul says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Some translations translate the word favor here as the acceptable time. The Yovel year is the acceptable time for us to experience the favor of Adonai. And when we look through the scriptures, we see what favor did for those men and women who were experiencing it. We know that Noah found favor in God's eyes. And what did he do? He built an ark. That was his destiny. Correct? Think about Moshe. Moshe found favor with God. Him and his parents, when he was uh, pulled out of the Nile River by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised in the, the house of Pharaoh, uh, but from there he came, became the deliverer of the deliverer of the Jewish people. That was his destiny. God's favor led to him fulfilling his destiny. Think of other people. Think of Joseph. Joseph found favor with God, and he became second in command in Egypt. And being second in command of Egypt allowed him to not only save the Jewish people, but to save the entire nation of Egypt from famine and destruction. That was his destiny, and God's favor put him in that place. Think of Hadassah, a young Jewish woman, had God's favor upon her so that she became queen in a foreign land. And as queen in a foreign land... She saved her Jewish people from annihilation. God's favor helped her to fulfill her destiny. Think of another young Jewish woman, Miriam. In the New Covenant, when the angel appears to her and says, You are highly favored of Adonai. 
And so she gave birth to the Messiah. That was her destiny. And from the Messiah came salvation to Jew and Gentile alike. So favor helps us to walk in our destiny. And I believe that this is a year to experience the favor of God and to step more fully into his destiny in our lives. So as I said, I believe Adonai and I will be positioning some of us. And I want to encourage you, don't be, a, be alarmed because the positioning may not be what you think it's going to be. Yosef was sold as a slave first. Then he ended up in a dungeon. But it was all part of the process to fulfill his destiny. So whatever happens to you this year, and you may go from here and say, okay, so you're a favor, and oh, Rabbi Carol said all these things are going to happen, and you may walk out and things, you may end up in the dungeon, you're going to say, what in the heck was Rabbi Carol talking about? What am I doing in the dungeon? Well, but the dungeon isn't your permanent place. It's just part of the journey to your destiny. That dungeon wasn't where Joseph stayed. It was part of getting him to be second in command in Egypt. So whatever happens to you this year, wherever you get positioned, don't be alarmed. Trust that God is working in your life to position you to more fully walk in your destiny, to to fulfill your destiny in your generation for God Almighty. Amen? Not only does his favor enable us to step more fully into our destiny, but his favor protects us. Look what it says in Tehillim, Psalm 5, true. For you, Adonai, bless the righteous. You surround them with favor like a shield. So think about it. Even the example of Yosef, even though he was sold as a slave, even though he ended up in the dungeon, God protected him. God's hand was upon him, and he was favored wherever he was. So that when he was sold as a slave, he became, rose to a high position even in Potiphar's house, right? Then, of course, the wife messes around with him and gets him thrown into the dungeon. But what happens when he's in the dungeon? He's even like top in the dungeon. God's protecting him wherever he's at. So even if you end up in a dungeon this year, you can trust that God's favor will be a shield around you and will protect you. God is our protector and he is our defender. And so when we're talking about favor, yes, it is about coming into our destiny. But for some of us this year, it's not going to be about your destiny, but it's going to be a year where God's shield is going to be around you. And he's going to be protecting you and, 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 and bringing deliverance to you in the midst of things that might be going on around you in your family or at work. And I want to look at the other things because everything else promised in these verses connects to being in God's favor. The second thing that God promises in the year of Yovel is a year of rest. As we read from Vayikra, we know that literally the land was to have rest. One article I was reading about this said, it is a well-established agricultural fact that resting the land every seven years is best for the soil and that much improved crops result from doing so. During the scriptural practice, there was to be no pruning or planting in the this seventh year, nor any attempt to kill the insects. Well, that, I don't know about that, but I'm okay as long as they're outside. If they come in my house, I say, I'm sorry, you came into my space. So, Or otherwise, interfere with natural processes in the field. The fruit had to remain in the field, except for what passer buyers or servants or owners picked to eat. No real harvesting, though, was permitted. Only eating. By this rest, the soil was restored and revitalized. In proclaiming a year of Yovel, a year of liberty to this, us this year, 
I believe that Adonai is proclaiming the time of rest, something that some of us so desperately need. Yeshua says in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all of you who are struggling and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, in our modern society, with all the great inventions and conveniences that we have, it's amazing that more people are stressed and weary than perhaps at any other time on the earth. And I, again, I was reading a lot of different articles. I, I didn't write this down, but I was reading an article about uh, the scientists that were, were pre, uh, coming before, you know, like uh, the Senate committee or something back in the early 60s. And they were t- projecting what would happen with all the new inventions that would be coming in the next 40 years. That means up to his. And so they predicted that all, with all these inven- inventions coming, that people would not have to work more than 20 hours a week. Has that happened? No. So we have all of these inventions, but it doesn't make us work less. It makes us work more. Now, I, like my daughter, years ago for one Thanksgiving when she's, she's asked, to, what were you thankful for? She says, I'm thankful for technology. And I am thankful for technology. I'm thankful that we live with electricity, uh, you know, with running water, that I don't have to go out to an outhouse, you know, and all that other good stuff. Uh, but the technology does come at a cost. You know, Chris and I were talking about this last week. I said, we watched some of these TV shows on the, uh, about these people who live out in the middle of nowhere, like in Alaska, you know, off the grid, you know, and I don't know if I could, uh, could do that. Uh, but there's something to be said for that because we are living in such a high-paced society and high stress that we don't take time to rest. And that's why God has given us the Sabbath, But in the year of Yovel, there's going to be a supernatural impartation of rest into into our lives. And part of that means drawing into his presence. Because in his presence is really where there's fullness of rest and joy and peace. So I believe in this year that God is going to bring us, again, it's not that this automatically happens to us, right? We have to cooperate with, with Adonai as the children of Israel had to observe Shemitah, and they didn't. And because they didn't, they, they received punishment. So for us, we have to do our part if we want to experience these. So you can't experience rest if you don't come into his presence. But in his presence, there's fullness of rest. And I believe God wants to give a spiritual, supernatural rest to us. And I was brought to Yeshiahu, Isaiah 40, 29 through 31, where the prophet says that he invigorates the exhausted. Who's ready to be invigorated this year? Okay. He invigorates the exhausted. He gives strength to the powerless. Young men may grow tired and weary. Even the fittest may stumble and fall. But those who hope, and we talked about that word, tikva, it means to wait. And some translations uh, have it as that. Will renew their strength. They will soar aloft as with eagles' wings. When they are running, they won't grow weary. And when they are walking, they won't get tired. I believe this is going to be a year of supernatural invigoration into our lives and a time of rest and being strengthened in the midst of what God has called us to do to fulfill our destiny. Rest from Adonai. Rest physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. The third thing that that I see in this passage is that this year of Jubilee is to be a year of release. 
As we read from Vayikra, the slaves were to be set free. So what type of release do you need? Healing for the brokenhearted were promised there in Isaiah 61. Freedom for the captive, coming out of darkness into light, joy instead of sadness. You know, joy message is coming. I already mentioned this in the little message, but joy is coming. Sukkot, look for it. My husband's going to be preaching. I already just said he's going to be preaching, so... Adonai wants to release us and give us something in exchange for the bondage that we have been in. God's desire is not that anyone should be in bondage or in chains. Over and over in scriptures, we see his heart of compassion to bring deliverance to his people who are oppressed and in bondage. Even though sometimes they're in the bondage because of their own choices, right? Even ending up in Egyptian bondage, you know, God told Abraham it was going to happen because he said, you know, your descendants are not going to follow me and they're going to end up in Egypt for over 400 years. But even there it says in Shemot, in the beginning of Shemot, you know, that it says God responding, he says, I have heard the groanings and the cries of my, my, my people and I'm going to come and I'm going to deliver them. And he sent Moshe. So God gives a year of Yobel, a year of Jubilee to bring us to a new level of release. And I want you to believe for a new level of release in your life in whatever area the enemy has held you in bondage. And we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about it because it's a scriptural principle that we need to hear over and over again. Yes, our names are written in the book of life when we accept Yeshua as Messiah, but some of us still have areas of bondage in our heart that need to be broken off. And I want to declare to you that God wants that bondage broken. He doesn't want you walking around feathered and chained emotionally, physically, mentally, but he wants you to experience release in these areas. Tehillim, Psalm chapter 3. Many say of me, God will not deliver him, but you are a shield around me, O Lord, from the Lord comes deliverance. And I want to declare that deliverance is yours in this coming year. As one writer put it, Hashem gives us the garland of hope for the ashes of fear, the garland of love for the ashes of hate, the garland of new promise for the ashes of regret, the garland of divine friendship for the ashes of human loneliness, the garland of joy in God for the ashes of sorrow and sin, the garland of inward healing for the ashes of soul sickness, moral victory for the ashes of defeat, spiritual liberty for the ashes of bondage, heart's ease for the ashes of unrest, godly contentment for the ashes of worldly envy, a worthwhile life, life for the ashes of godless pleasure, and victory and holiness for the ashes of defeat. God wants you to experience release in this year of Yovel. I was taken to the passage in Luke chapter 13. And Yeshua is walking and, and ministering. <coughs> and this woman comes to him. And it says she had been crippled for 18 years. She was bent double and unable to stand erect at all. Friends, that's bondage. She was in bondage. And on seeing her, this is what Yeshua said. He called her and said to her, Sorry, I can't open it one-handed. For those listening to the tape, I'm getting a bottle of water open. Well, I want to say thank you again just to 
commercial break here, to Randy for putting our messages on, uh, on podcast now. Thank you so much. So you can get them through iTunes, through Stitch It, and then the website itself. So the good news is that people, we even saw someone in Spain was listening to the podcast. So that's, that's really exciting to see. So if you're listening to this, what took place is I needed to have a drink of water. So, But we're back to Luke. So this woman came over who had a spirit which had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent double and unable to stand erect at all. On seeing her, Yeshua called her and said, Lady, you have been set free from your weakness. He put his hands on her, and at once she stood upright and began to glorify. Yeshua is going to put his hand on you, and at once... Release is going to come from the bondage, and you'll be set free to glorify Adonai. This is a year of release. And the last thing I want to speak about is a year of restoration. In the Yovel year, the land was to be restored to its rightful owner. It was also a time of rebuilding and reclaiming the ruined areas of our life. Verse 7 of Yeshiahu 61 says that our restoration would be doubled. Because of your shame, which was doubled, and because they cried, they deserve disgrace. Therefore, in their land, what they own will be doubled, and joy will be theirs, uh, will forever be theirs. Adonai wants to bring restoration back into our lives. What the enemy has tried to steal away from us on the personal level, on the congregational level, Adonai says he's going to restore back, and he's going to do a double restoration in the year of Jubilee. We uh, used to sing a song here about, about going into the enemy's camp and taking back what he stole from us. This is a year to take back the things that the enemy has stolen from us. And yes, some of it may be because of our own doing. Again, looking historically at Israel, she often found herself in pro- problems and in bondage because of her own actions. So my, some of us may have screwed up really royally and ended up in some bondages and things that we don't like. But I want to tell you, God wants to bring restoration to you and to me. And it simply requires all walking in obedience and lining ourselves up to the truth of his word to experience the jubilee and the yovel that he has for us. God says, looking in Yirmiyahu now, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, for I will restore your health. Someone can claim that. Amen. I will heal you of your wounds, says Adonai, because they called you an outcast, Zion, with no one who cares about her. Thus says Adonai, I will return Yaakov's captives to their tents. I will take pity on his dwelling. Cities will be rebuilt on their own tells and palaces where they're supposed to be. You hear what's happening? Because people look and say, it's never going to happen. Can a nation be born in a day? Israel as a, as, a, as a modern nation was written off. We've talked about this every Yom Ha'atzma'ut when we celebrate it. You read back in the uh, you know, theological books and things like that, Israel was not uh, considered to be something that was going to happen ever again. But God, right? And he, what he's saying here, again, the Jeremiah, Jeremiah, it's in context to Israel, but the principle applies to us. There might be people who are around you, the naysayers say, Oh, your life will never turn out to much. Oh, it's not going to be turned around for you. But God says, no, that's not true. That's not true. He says, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore and I'm going to return things around for you. 
And that's what he said for, for Israel. Cities will be rebuilt on their own tails. And it's amazing when you go to Israel and to see the desert blooming, just according to Scripture, the prophecies being fulfilled like this. And God will do it. The principle applies to our lives as well. Reading on verse 19. From them will come thanksgiving and the sound of people celebrating. I will increase them. Say increase. I will increase them. They will not be decreased. I will honor them. They will not be despised. The children will be as they used to be. Their community confirmed in my presence. And I will punish everyone who presses them. This is what restoration is about. This is what God has done and will continue to do for Israel and the Jewish people. But the spiritual principles apply to our lives as well for those of us who are followers of God Most High, who have submitted to him and follow in his ways. Then looking again in uh, Yeshiahu, Isaiah chapter 49 now, verses 8 through 12. For here's what Adonai says, At the time when I choose, I will answer you. Yovel is a time that God has chosen. As I said at the beginning, the Moedim are chosen appointed times of Adonai. So Yovel is an appointed time of Adonai. On the day of salvation, I will help you. I have preserved you and I have appointed you to be the covenant for a people. To restore the land and distribute again its ruined inheritance to their owners. Restoration. That's what God is talking about. To restore back to the rightful owners. Again, the enemy tries to come kill, steal, and destroy. But God wants to restore back to us. To say to the prisoners, come out. To those in darkness, show yourselves. They will feed along the paths, and all the high hills will be their pastures. They will be neither hungry nor thirsty, neither scorching. Wind nor sun will strike them, for he who has mercy on them will lead them and guide them to springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into a robe. My highways will be raised up. God is telling us that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And he's going to work to bring restoration in our lives. I'm going to close with one last scripture here from Yeshiahu again, Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 4, which is a scripture that's been very significant to us as a congregation. And my husband and I sing, barren woman who has never had a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who have never been in labor. For a deserted wife will have more children than the woman who is living with her husband. Says Adonai, enlarge the space for your tent. Extend the curtains of your dwelling. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Make your tent pegs firm. For you will spread out to the right and the left. Your descendants will possess the nations and inhabit the desolate cities. Don't be afraid, for you won't be ashamed. Don't be discouraged, for you won't be disgraced. That's the promise of restoration, where the enemy has made you to feel uh, humiliated and disgraced and dishonored. God says, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to bring restoration and restore, and there will be no shame in what I do in your life. During the restoration process, not only will we receive back the things that we lost, because they're going to be restored to us, but again, the shame and disgrace that we felt about our situation will be removed. Let's face it. Think about it. In the context of the Shemitah and the Yovel and all that was happening, it could not have been a positive thing to live in ancient Israel and to have to sell your land because you couldn't afford to take care of it anymore. Correct? That would not have been a good thing. So that person who, and that family who had experienced it, on the year of Yovel, all that shame 
and disgrace was taken away. So God says to us, it's going to be a time where he makes clear paths so that we can follow more closely after him and his ways. And chapter 54 goes on to, to say that, that there will be no weapon formed against us that will prosper. And any alliance formed against you, God says, it's not my doing and it will fall not. So we can trust in Adonai that this is a season where he wants to do some special things in bringing restoration back into our life. But as we are restored, I believe, again, going back to our obligation as followers of Yeshua, we then need to make that same proclamation to others. We need to proclaim this is the year of the favor of the Lord. And we need to call those that are in darkness out into the kingdom of light. I think it's a responsibility that we have upon us. Yes, I am looking forward to and expecting God to do certain things in this coming year, a year of release, favor, rest, and restoration. I'm expecting some things personally, and I'm expecting some things for this congregation. But beyond that, I also want to be one who extends that to those around me. I want to make that proclamation to those in my community and to the Jewish people that God has called us to so that they could experience his favor, his rest, his release, and his restoration. So when you hear the shofar blowing in our Nila service on Yom Kippur, let us understand that it's the beginning of a year of Yovel, a jubilee year. Expect God to do some awesome things in this year. But don't neglect your cooperation through obedience to his word and his direction. As we do, I truly believe it will be a focused time of favor Rest, release, and restoration. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to close in prayer as I do. I'm going to invite uh, Gary and Mernon, our board members, Adeline, Chris, and Evan to come down here to the front. We're going to... Uh, uh, be available for prayer afterwards. Maybe you want, yeah, you can come on down while I'm closing here. Uh, perhaps <clears throat> there's something specific that you want to believe God for in this year of Yovel, in this Jubilee year. You can come and ask uh, for prayer in that area or anything that you uh, need prayer for. Uh, we want to ha- come in the prayer of agreement. Myrna was sharing with me that, uh, you know, Sarah came up to her and they said whatever they prayed for, and I don't know the particulars, you can ask Sarah herself. But the, what was prayed for last week, God answered very specifically. So I want to tell you that God is a God who answers our prayers. And we are here. We're not special people. We're just here to come into agreement with you. So just to, to make your way down here, and we will uh, uh, pray with you. And then uh, we'll come back and close officially with the ironic benediction in a couple of minutes here. But I just want to just pray over the message and the word that we've heard. God, I thank you for for your message to us. And I do thank you that you give a special season, Lord, and that 5776 is a year of Yovel, God. And I thank you, Lord, for the spiritual principles that we can expect in our lives, God. Father, I pray over Beth Emanuel and over every member of this congregation and everyone in this audience today, God, and those hearing this message over the internet or wherever, God, that this would truly be a year of your favor, a year of rest, a year of release, and a year of restoration. 
God, I pray that as we continue to yield ourselves to you and walk in obedience to your word, Lord, that we would experience beyond what we could ask or imagine. God, as you do a, a, a year of release and restoration. So we just declare that over this, this congregation and over your people. And I thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Now, if you'd like to have prayer, please come forward. And again, I'll come in a few minutes uh, to close with the ironic benediction. But you can come up and any of these uh, uh, people will pray with you.